Well, as another work week draws to a close, the Phoenix football team with a working weekend business trip, they're headed to UNH this afternoon. We'll see you on the broadcast digital platform tomorrow at 2.30 for the Best Western Plus countdown to kickoff and a 3.30 toe meets leather as the Phoenix and Wildcats get together in the Granite State. But as the calendar flips to October, that also means the Phoenix basketball inching closer to the starting point for not only the men of head coach Mike Schrocki, but also the women of head coach Charlotte Smith. The men's program has been together in preseason camp, and we thought we'd take a little bit of time this morning on the Voices of Elon Athletics podcast presented by State Farm to spend some time with the assistant men's basketball coach, Jonathan Holmes. And Coach Holmes, thanks so much for spending a few moments on a Friday morning with us. No, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to sit down and talk with you this morning. Thank you. When Coach Shroggy came to you and the opportunity at Elon presented itself, what stood out? Um, I think initially for me was just the uh, the familiarity that I have with Elon. You know, having been in the league for for several years, and you know, knowing a little bit about this place. You know, having played against him and competed against him for you know twice a year, sometimes three, if you count the the CA tournament. But um, I really didn't know. I'll be honest with you. I really didn't know um, what all that we had here until I came down to uh, to see campus. Because obviously. You know, during the season, you're basically going from the from the from the hotel to the arena, and you don't get a chance to to really see you know everything that a place has. And and I was, you know, I was blown away uh, by the campus, uh, by the people, um, and, and that those are the things initially that that really stood out to me. And then obviously the the facilities. I mean, this is an incredible place. Uh, we feel like we have uh, you know so many things you know in place for for this thing to to really be successful. And uh, and things I didn't even like I said I didn't even know about even even having um, you know been somewhat familiar with with Elon but uh, initially like I said the campus the people uh, I really saw this as a, as a, a tremendous opportunity for me you know to to grow as a coach and, and obviously my relationship with Coach Shragi and and I feel like uh, felt like this was a, it was a really impressive place when I came down to see it. I think some folks would assume when you talk about the relationship with Coach Shroggy that it is Coach Shroggy's time at Duke and your time at North Carolina as a player. But it dates further back than that. Of course, you played for your dad at Bloomington South. Coach Shroggy was an assistant for a student assistant for the Indiana program. We're going to talk about the relationship with Coach Shroggy here in just a moment. What did it mean for you to play for your dad? Uh, it was incredible. Uh, if people ask me, you know, about my basketball career, you know, those four years playing for my dad um, were, uh, you know, it's, it's as good as it gets. And I've been fortunate to play in the Final Four, the whole deal. But that that time with my dad are, you know, are, are things that, you know, I look back on very fondly. Uh, yeah. We were fortunate to be really successful during my time in, in high school. And, uh, you know, and I got a chance to, before I even got to high school, um, played for my dad in AAU, and yeah. so I kind of had an idea going into it the uh, <laughs> the the level of expectation from him, and you know the, the one thing people were like, you know, what was it like playing for your dad? Was it tough? Was it was he harder on you? And and uh, you know, I think there were there were some quiet dinner tables on, on you know on occasion, uh, you know, uh, or if practice didn't go well, it somehow always seemed to be my fault. And uh, but but I kind of like I said I understood that uh, again as the coach's kid I had to be held to a to pretty high standard and 
but but it was it was great. Like I said, we had a lot of success and you know a lot of memories looking back that that uh, you know last a lifetime. And it's it's neat now because you know it was always coach player with with uh, you know from, from a basketball perspective it was always coach and player. And now my dad and I are it's it's coach coach and and he reminds me uh, not so subtly that that he's still the best coach in the family and always will be. You know. <laughs> So he's won a heck of a lot more games than I have. That's for sure. That's for sure. You were a pretty good player, though. Two-time All-State. You were a Nike All-American, and you were the runner-up in 99 to Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana, Jason Gardner, who would go on to Arizona winning the honor. Give me a scouting report on Jonathan Holmes. I was unguardable. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, still are, right? still, still are, in my own mind. In horse. I'm unguardable in horse. Uh, scouting report on me. Uh, I was, you know, I was never the the most athletic or the fastest, um, but I think my, you know, I was able to have some success because I outworked people. Um, I, I spent again being a coach's kid. I grew up in the gym, and so a lot of lot of hours spent behind the scenes working on my game. You know, be, becoming you know the best player I could be, and a lot of that started obviously with my relationship with my dad, but. Um, funny story, not to sidetrack, but no. when I was born, uh, my dad dribbled a basketball out of the delivery room to signify to the rest of the family members that his boy had arrived. Um, and that's an actual true story. That's a true story. So I, I really had no choice but to be a, a good player, I guess. I don't know. Um, but uh, Scott, again, I think for me, it was my basketball IQ. Uh, I, I was, you know, I played, tried to be the toughest guy on the court just from a mentally tough. Uh, I was very, and, and from a basketball perspective, I always played up, you know, in, in AAU. So I was always playing against older guys. And, and I think that probably, you know, helped me develop and, and kind of develop some of that mental toughness on the court. But uh, again, I spent a lot of time shooting the basketball growing up. And, and uh, you know, so I think my my biggest strengths were I was a point guard, but I also, you know, so in the summertime I was playing the point for my AAU team. And then in high school, I had to score the ball a lot more. So I had the ability to both score it and run a team. Yeah. And I think that probably from a recruiting perspective, um, you know, helped my, my profile and my opportunities. But, uh, you know, like I said, I think at the end of the day, and I've tried to carry this approach into coaching, but, you know, I didn't get to the levels that I was at because I was the most talented or the most athletic or the quickest. It was just, I tried to outwork people and I've tried to employ that, you know, in my, uh, in my coaching in the coaching profession as well. Visiting with assistant coach, Jonathan Holmes on the end of the week podcast for a Friday presented by our good friends at state farm. I mentioned your time in North Carolina. Let's kind of move down the road a little bit to Chapel Hill, 2003 graduate. You would be a part of the 2000 final four team. A 3.6 GPA. You seem to be the obvious guy to ask this question. What's the hardest part in balancing the term student-athlete? Um, I think just the, you know, time management. You know, realizing that, you know, on a daily basis, you, uh, you know, you're, you're pulled in a lot of different directions as far as, you know, again, you don't, it's not just those two hours that you're on the court, you know, but it's the time spent in the training room, the film room, the weight room. Um, the travel, I think, uh, you know, making sure that you're staying ahead, you know, cause again, you know, even, even at Carolina, when you're traveling all over the country playing games and you got to make sure you, you stay on top of your classwork and, and, uh, you know, honestly, a lot of it is just sometimes this sounds simple, but showing up, 
going yeah. going to class, um, doing your work on time. And, you know, again, I was, I think, kind of going back to the recruiting part of things, like, you know, the academic side of things. My mother was a teacher for many, many years. And I think that part of it was instilled in me at an early age, just how important the academic side of things was. And all through high school, four O, and I think, again, that helped set me apart from other guys in a recruiting right. perspective that not only do you have this profile as a player, but then you've got a 4.0 GPA and you're a really good student. So I thought that would, you know, that certainly kind of set me apart, you know, as far as, uh, you know, as a, pro, uh, as a prospective student athlete for, for coaches. Um, and I just kind of carried that. That's the only thing I knew was to, you know, put in the same amount of effort academically as you did on the court. And because, again, at some point, basketball was going to end for me playing wise and so I wanted to be able to look back and say hey you know I've got a tremendous degree a tremendous opportunity to go to a great school like North Carolina and having a degree that you know stands for something and and uh, would help me you know whenever whenever basketball did end it did not end though before you had an opportunity to go overseas okay England I'm assuming there's a story but a kid from Bloomington in Denmark, yeah. I'm assuming there's another story. Yeah, well, and, and, and there are many stories, actually. <laughs> um, but, but I tell you what, and, and this is you know, my story initially for playing professionally. And if you look back at, at my career at North Carolina, again, I didn't play a whole lot. Um, got to chase Raymond Felton and Ed Coda and guys <laughs> around every day. Um, but, uh, you know, so I didn't have a lot to go on when I finished and, and – you know, one of the neat things people always ask me is like the Carolina family, is that like, is that real? And, you know, I never played a second for, for Coach Smith. And I remember when I, when I graduated, he, he brought me into his office and, and was meeting with him and Coach Guthridge. And, and uh, he said, John, what, what are you going to do? You know, and uh, I, I don't know if that's a good that for Coach Smith impression or not. That's close. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, you know, and I said, well, coach, I'd love to, to keep playing. And I don't know how realistic that is. I think, you know, being able to see the world and keep playing basketball being unbelievable, you know, opportunity. And he said, you know, something to the effect of, well, you didn't really, you know, have much to go on, you know, or whatever he said. And, and uh, but what, what, you know, kind of ensued after that was, was pretty, was such a Coach Smith thing. Um, he reached out to uh, Steve Bucknall yep. that had played for him back yep. in, the, I believe, the late 80s who was from England and and told him about about me and my desire to to continue to play and wanted to know if Steve, you know, had any opportunities or any connections over there that they could potentially, you know, get help me get a foot in the door. And uh, you know, so what ended up happening, I went over and worked a camp for Steve in London uh that summer after I graduated from Carolina and ended up working out at night, uh basically kind of trying out for a bunch of teams in in the BBL. And one of the teams, the the Leicester Riders, which, which was the team that I pl- ended up playing for, their coach was a guy named Carl Brown. Carl Brown played at Georgia Tech and was a, was a really good player on some some great Georgia Tech teams, I believe, back in the 80s as well or early 90s. And uh, Carl Brown and Steve Bucknall had a relationship, friendship, and that's how it all started. That's how it all started. But those – those meetings with Coach Smith and Coach Guthridge, you know, after I or after I graduated that summer, you know, those guys made me feel like I meant as much to them as Vince Carter or Michael Jordan or, you know, all these great players that have been at Carolina. And and I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. That was again, I never played a second for Coach Smith. He didn't recruit me. Um obviously he had retired and Coach Guthridge had, had been my coach my first year and then I played my last three for Coach Doherty. 
you know, but those guys made me feel like, you know, the most important at that time, most important thing to them in the world was helping me get my first playing opportunity. And so, again, that's that's how I ended up in England and played there for a year and then uh, then had an opportunity from there, got an opportunity to play in Denmark, which was I was in I was like three hours west of Copenhagen in uh, in a small town called Horsens. And uh, it was awesome. You know, for me, it really was because, you know, for and again, at the time, I didn't know that it was only going to be two years and I was going to be done. I thought, hey, I'm going to play till I'm, you know, 35, 40 years old, you know, see, see the world. And and, you know, we ended up having a really good year. We finished second in the league. I got a chance to I was playing back to, you know, kind of playing the minutes and, you know, having the impact that I did when I was in high school. And so, knowing, looking back on that, my last year of actual competitive basketball, I got to finish on a really high note, which was which was neat for me. So, you mentioned Coach Smith, Coach Guthridge. We talked earlier about Coach Shragi. Talked about your dad, and obviously, you mentioned the time spent with Coach Schaefer. Recruited and played for Coach Guthridge. Yes, your dad's the all-time wins leader now in Indiana basketball. To, history for the high school side, and then spent 11 years with Coach Schaefer. How much does having the opportunity to be with folks like that in the mentor side of this industry? Oh, it's incredible, you know, uh, to, you know, to be, you know, a college basketball coach. I can look back on all the, the guys and people that I've been around I've got a lot of mentors and and guys that I've played for. Again, it all starts with my dad. Yeah. You know, being a coach's kid, growing up in the gym, going to all his you know all his games. Again, this is his fiftieth year as a as a high school basketball wow. coach coming up. So it all starts with him, and that was where my my love for the game began. Um, but then along the way, I can point to so many of you know my coaches and guys that I've been around you know the Eddie Fogler who became a really is still a very close mentor of mine uh, my time with coach Smith and coach Guthridge and my time with coach Doherty and you know I learned so much in those three years with him um, things now that you know being a college basketball coach that I looked back on and could see because you know I spent a lot of time sitting you know those those three years but but I didn't realize how much I was learning you know, while I was watching all those games, you know, not playing as much. And, you know, and he and I have talked about that a lot. Just it was those three years, though, that time was really, you know, ended up helping prepare me to to be a basketball coach. The things that I learned just by absorbing and watching and, and watching film with him and stuff like that. So all the guys along the way that I've either played for or coached for, um, I've, I've learned a lot. And, you know, I had an opportunity to work for a guy named Bill Robinson, my first, uh, my first college coaching job at Montreat. And, you know, I had a, you know, I thought, okay, I played at Carolina, uh, had a very, you know, uh, well, you know, my high school career was, was well documented and, 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 you know, played professionally. I thought, man, it's going to be easy to get a coaching job. And it really wasn't, you know, I thought when I finished playing, I'm just going to go straight to division one and, you know, continue to ascend. Yeah. And, and it, and honestly, it didn't work that way. You know, what I, what I ran up against was, well, you know, have you ever recruited or you've never coached, you know, and I kept thinking, well, man, like, I got to start somewhere, you know, I got, you're right, I have not done any of those things yet, but, you know, how am I going to get my foot in the door and and Bill Robinson, you know, uh, you know, provided me my first opportunity at, at Montreat and it was an awesome year, awesome year, you know, I got a chance to 
to be the head coach of the JV team, and uh, and then I was his assistant with with the uh, you know with Montreat's you know varsity team, and we had a great year. Went to the national tournament in Branson, Missouri, and again I look back on on so many of those early years, uh, which were so formative, you know, for me um, because early on, both at Montreat and at Francis Marion, where I was Division Two assistant for a couple of years, you're doing everything. Yeah. You know, you're you're sweeping the floors, you're cutting film, you're you know, uh, helping with practice, you're doing, you know, all these different things behind the scenes, but it really gave me a strong perspective on what coaching is, you know, and, and I think had I gone straight from my playing career to the Division One level, I don't know that I would have appreciated it as much because, again, you're, you're wearing so many different hats at, the, at those levels. Um, you're, and I was at Montreat, I was also the tennis coach. And so I didn't know anything about tennis. You know, my sister, my sister played for, at Virginia Tech. And I remember, you know, when I got there and Bill said, well, you know, what do you know about tennis? And I said, well, I've watched my sister play a lot. She plays at Virginia. He goes, all right, well, you can be a tennis coach. And so, so uh, you know, I'm driving the vans to the, the, the men's and women's yeah. tennis matches and trying to run tennis practices in the spring. I don't know a thing about tennis, you know, but learning how to you know part of that like learning how to work you know and and realizing that you know like any job when you get in at the at the you know kind of the ground level you just keep working and working and eventually you know the a door opens for you and you know so again and then moving to to my time with with coach shaver at william and mary you know 11 you know just amazing years with coach and you know, I owe him a lot. Again, the guy, the first guy to give me an opportunity at the at the Division One level. Um, we had a lot of success, um, a lot of great players, and uh, again, he he means the world to me. And uh, you know, he and I are, like I said, have been very close for a long time. And you know, to help you know have a family. Both my daughters were born in Williamsburg, mm-hmm. and to have the eleven year run that we did uh, together. Uh, again, I look back on the, that time very fondly and uh he's a tremendous coach a tremendous human being and i owe owe the world to him i promise that at some point we're going to get to talk more about montreat because the (laughs) jv mark and the tennis mark but let's wrap everything up on a friday podcast talking about your family and your wife jennifer and the two girls lily and lola being part of a coach's family that's that's not the easiest thing sometimes and i know that you're awfully proud of them yeah, my my family it means the world to me. Uh, my wife Jennifer is incredibly supportive, and and uh, you know she she was a basketball player herself back in the day, and and uh, she grew up in a basketball family herself. Her dad coached uh, some of her her teams as well, and so she's been around the game her whole life. But um, you know, again, she went to North Carolina, so she's been in a basketball environment yep. for for most of her life, and and uh, but again, I think we would all agree that. You know, being at this level and being in this profession, that the, you know, to be able to to coach and and approach this job the way you know to be successful, like you need someone at home that's incredibly supportive and and uh, selfless, and she she does so much for for me and for our family, and and uh, you know, again, she's she's uh, she's the rock, man, she's the rock, and and again, she she loves college basketball and and has been you know been such a uh, you know, instrumental part in, in me being able to, to coach at this level. And, and uh, so very grateful for, for our relationship, obviously. And then, then my kids, Lily and Lola, uh, they're 10 and 8. And as I said, they were both born in, in Williamsburg uh, before, we, before we moved here. And, and uh, they're 
All I can say is they're they're you're not winning any discussions at home. None, zero, zero. You know, I'm definitely I'm definitely picking my battles, man. Picking my battles, but they uh, they love they love basketball. Um, They're very involved in sports, whether it's volleyball or tennis or or basketball, but. They uh, again. They all they've known is the CAA, yeah. and so they know every mascot. They know every team. After after we played, you know, after our games at, at William and Mary, it was always okay. Who won the Hofstra Charleston game? Who you know who won? You know, so they they know they know all the players. That was kind of a funny story when when we first got here in the spring, we were having uh, lunch downtown, and uh, Tyler Sebring walked by, and and my youngest Lola, she goes, Dad, Dad. I said, what? And she said, there's Tyler Seabrain. <laughs> and I said, man, I said, you, you, you know your stuff. You know? Yeah, she, she had watched Tyler light us up for four years, you know. Uh, but so anyway, so I, when, I, when I first got to, to spend some time with Tyler this spring, I said, you know, I said, one thing I know for sure is my daughters are really excited that, uh, you know, that, that we're here because we get to meet Tyler Seabrain, you know. So, um, but again, they're, they're, uh, they're amazing. They're up here all the time. Coach Draghi really... Uh, you know, uh, once our family's a part of things. Yeah. And so they're up here at the Shar, you know, shooting around, you know, playing, and, and it's neat to to have them a part of everything. And, and again, obviously that starts with, with Coach Shragi. I told you that we'd wrap it up on Jennifer and Lily and Lola, but you bring up a great line about the family atmosphere that's been created yeah. within the basketball program. And certainly when Coach Shragi afforded you the opportunity to join the program at Elon, Jonathan, I get the sense that there's a lot of really good things going on and a lot of really good things with Coach Raggi. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think, again, my relationship with, with Coach, which dates back, you know, 20 years yeah. now from when I was in high school and, and he was at Indiana, um, you know, it's 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 been a really exciting, you know, first several months here and been busy. Um, but I, I feel like uh, we're really building something special here. And, you know, I've been so impressed with, um, as I mentioned earlier, I've had a chance to be around, you know, a lot of a lot of great coaches, and a lot of great people. And, you know, Coach Coach Shragi is 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 tremendous. Yeah. His ability to, you know, connect with our guys. Uh, he's an outstanding communicator. Um, and just the that his plan, his vision for this place was something that, you know, when he called me about the the job here, I, I was just from right from the beginning, I was uh, I was on board with his with his vision and, and where he wants this thing to go, and uh, and so that's been really exciting for me. I mean, just you know, again having having been in the league for a long time and and uh, you know been at this level, you know the things that I'm learning, you know, from a development perspective for me as a coach. I'm already picking up stuff that I've I've never seen before, and you know, and I think it's 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 certainly a, a credit to his pedigree, and all the great basketball minds that he's he's worked for, but just on both sides of the ball, just different defensive concepts, offensive things, and and uh, you know, so from an X and O standpoint, I'm learning, um, and then you know, being able to see how he interacts with our guys every day, and the culture and the standards. Um, that that you know we're putting into place here uh, is is really exciting to be a part of and so again you know when when the opportunity presented itself you know my you know relationship with coach and and just seeing his vision were things that I knew that I wanted to be a part of right away and it's been it's been exciting really exciting thanks for spending some time first of November we'll be here before you know it right 
it's almost here. It's almost here. So the, you know, you can start to see the leaves change. The <laughs> at some point the weather's going to get a little bit cooler. Um, but uh, but no, it definitely feels like basketball season is starting to head that way. And and uh, we're working hard every day. Uh, one of his big things is uh, unconditional energy, and from us as a staff and for our guys. And so every day is a chance for us to get a little bit better as a team you know, individually and collectively. And then, you know, it'll be, it'll be November 5th before we know it, but we're excited and really, you know, looking forward to, to what lies ahead for, you know, for this team and for our program.